Welcome to Power Players in Business and Life with Adrian Richardson, the show where brilliant leaders in business share powerful insider secrets and strategies to succeeding in life and business. Now, here's your host, Adrian. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Adrian Richardson, founder of the Power Players in Business and Life podcast, where I get the honor of interviewing fascinating, big-hearted people who have brilliant minds. And today's guest is Justin Crane. He's a certified financial planner and professional and fractional CFO for business owners. His mission is to help those owners understand and get clear on the money side of their business. He teaches entrepreneurs how to be strategic with their business money so they can grow their business and build a plan to fund their personal goals. Welcome, Justin. I'm excited to have you here today. Thanks, Adrian. Nice to be here. So this is a great topic that I'm really excited to talk about because I feel like when it comes to numbers and money, a lot of business owners kind of try to turn like a blind eye, like they don't want to face it. And (laughs) so I'm excited to dig into this today and maybe we'll help people feel a little bit better about their numbers and why they're so important. Um, But tell me, do you experience that? Like when people come to you, do you find that they just don't even understand their numbers or they're scared to look at them? Yeah. I mean, I think there's like, there's three different types. One type, like they look at their numbers, they totally get it. And they're like, they own it. And those are few and far between, but those people out there, like I'm in, that's great. The other ones are one that like will work with a bookkeeper has a basic understanding of what's going on in their business, but has a challenge connecting their business money to their personal life and they have a hard time seeing how their business profits and cash are going to fund the things that they want to do in their life and then the other person the third type is someone that like totally has their head in the sand and if they can't see the problems in their business it's not their fault and they can't do anything about it and if you don't know anything it's like if you don't get on the scale you don't know how much you weigh and you don't know what Mm -hmm. you can do So, and eventually that type of person has to do some inner work on, um, I think awareness, a little bit about intention and, um, just respecting the fact that, that they need more clarity with money and that they can actually create a life that they want based on understanding what's going on. Yeah, I think that, and and you're right, there's all those different categories. I feel like I've met all those different categories too of people where they fall. I'm a person that like believe, like I love numbers, numbers love me. That's what I believe. (laughs) That's awesome. And So I got to interview you. Maybe I should just be interviewing you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, what I think I see a lot with my colleagues and, and other entrepreneurs is like they're afraid of what the numbers are going to say. Like they assume it's bad. And being that I do Facebook ads and I track the data, like I am a real believer in tracking data because it tells you the truth of what it's not like my opinion or your opinion. It's just like the facts, right? Sure. And when you know the facts, you can make better decisions. And so I always find it really interesting with some people that try to avoid the numbers and they're like, well, I'm worried it's going to tell me something really bad. I'm like, well, what if it tells you something really good? And so I'd love maybe if you could elaborate a little bit on how, like, 
what are, what are some ways that some, why it's important to track data and like what that can do for them knowing those numbers in their business? Yeah. Um, well, let's go with an example of Facebook ads. I mean, I'm not an, an expert in Facebook ads at all, but there's a very key element of Facebook ads that applies to any business. And it has to do with money out, you know, making an investment and then money in seeing a return on that investment. And one of the biggest challenges that business owners have is understanding the timing of money going in and money going out. So when you're investing in Facebook ads, most of the time you're not going to hit it out of the park on your first ad. There's going to be some trial and error. I'm, I'm just guessing maybe it's two, mm -hmm. three months where you have to you know, invest and you're not quite sure what's going to happen. And you don't really know um, how well you're going to do on the back end. And you're putting this money out. Let's just use an example. Like, $5,000 a month for three months. So you're into it for 15 grand mm -hmm. and you don't really know how quickly that 15,000 is going to come back to you. It may not come back to you um, for eight months. It may come back in five or, or whatever. So you're out this 15,000 and you're not quite sure when the money is coming back. So that $15,000 investment is kind of like a drag on your cash. So that money mm -hmm. is gone. Now you can't use that 15,000 for overhead, you know, to pay rent, to pay staff, to pay yourself, right. to pay health insurance, you know, utilities, whatever, whatever it is, that money is gone. So it's, it's almost like when you're making these investments, you, you have to under, and really any decision in business, you have to understand the timing of when you're putting the money out, and how quickly it's going to come back. And if the remaining cash in your business can support the business over that period of time. And if it can't, then you got to know each month, like, are you doing enough in sales to cover your expenses? And if you are great, you can let that cash go that 15,000. But if you're not, then you got to do the math and be like, Oh, well, I'm going to need this much. I can only afford to invest this much. So you have to make some educated guesses. And I think where business owners um, have a hard time is, is like, they don't know where to start. They're not like, I don't know. It's kind of like when you like, don't your kids like play sports like hockey or something? Mm -hmm. soccer or something? Yeah. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Hockey. So like, I mean, I suck at hockey. If I went on the hockey rink, I don't know what the hell I would do, but <laughs> someone could coach me and be like, dude, you got to skate straight for five steps. And then when you get, 15 yards, then use the stick and shoot or like whatever it is. Right, right. So give me a framework on how to do well with hockey and I'll give you a framework on how to do well with business money. We just need frameworks and how to do it rather than guessing because too many yeah. people guess and that's where they get into trouble. Well, I think what happens is they make decisions based on what's in their bank account right now, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, I have $15,000 I could spend on Facebook ads. And like you said, they're not considering the consequence of that over time of what, how long will it take to recoup that money? What will that mean in terms of me meeting my other expenses, things like that? I, I, I feel like a lot of people that I know are making their purchasing decisions based on what's in their account right now and or money that they're expecting to come in, which we know when people are on payment plans, it doesn't always come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah, I think every business owner needs to know 
how much extra cash their business generates. And, and once you know that, then you, make, you can make decisions on, oh, what am I gonna do with that extra money? And if your business doesn't generate extra cash, then that's a whole other conversation, which we can talk about, but it's important to know that. So how do you, um, when you're working with a business owner, do you, if you don't do this, then we change the question, but the question is like, do you sit down with people and help them determine what percentage of their revenue should be put towards marketing or what percentage should be spent on payroll? Like, do you work with people in that way? Yeah, yeah, but... The, the thing, the thing that what happens is, is most people come to me because they're not where they think they should be financially in their mm. life. Mm -hmm. They either haven't bought the house yet, have too much money in debt, haven't put enough money away for retirement. Um, you know, they, they just feel like they don't have enough money in the bank or they have, you know, they have this identity of, of thinking about where they are versus where they thought they'd be. Mm -hmm. so a lot of that is actually on the personal side. It's not on the business side. They might be thinking, oh, I thought I'd be doing a million dollars a year or 500,000. But, but at the core, when you drill down to the core of like what the challenge is for a lot of people, and like, it's happened to me at least two or three times. Like I'm not an ex, I mean, no one's perfect. I've had my share of financial challenges. I thought many times, oh my God, I'm not where I think I should be. Hmm. So the reason why I'm saying that Adrian is because if people are thinking like that, then they have to figure out a way to take the money out of their business to fund those personal goals. Mm. But if they need that marginal dollar to, you know, save for retirement or kids to college or pay down debt or buy a house or whatever it is, that dollar now can't be used for marketing. Right. Right. So, so, and this, so there's a trade-off and there's an understanding of, well, where are someone's priorities? Where should they be? It really depends. Mm -hmm. But if someone knows they need to, put money away for retirement or pay down debt or something personally, they have to come up with a number that's going to work for them while keeping in mind that they also need to invest in their business or make strategic financial decisions in their business. And what it'll come down to is like a hypothetical, like I'm making it up. Um, you, you have to take $3,000 out of your business every month so that you can invest on an automated basis for retirement in your retirement account. Um, which means you only have, again, I'm making it up, $4,000 to invest in your business per month. And of that, if 1500 is going to a VA, that leaves you with 2500 mm. It's just yeah. trade-offs that people have to think about. And it's not a zero-sum game where it's like they're putting all, taking all their money out and investing it for retirement. They're doing both, but they're having to make some hard decisions on where their priorities are or how they're going to do more than one thing. Yeah. Well, I asked that question because people, when they come to me to hire me to do marketing for them, they ask me like, well, what should my budget be? And I always find it really interesting for people to ask me that because my answer back is always, well, what is your budget? Like, what, what can you yeah. afford? Like, yeah. so people will come to me and ask me to set their budget. But I'm like, well, it's your business. You know, what, 
how, how much have you put aside for marketing? And that's what that determines in my mind, what we can spend on advertising. And so, you know, I'm always, I wanted to ask you that because it's like, should people, um, have a set budget of like, I put per X percentage of my revenue towards marketing or should it really be kind of based on what the potential is for return? You know what I'm saying? If someone comes to me and they say, well, I want to get a hundred calls booked, I'll say, okay, it'll cost you X amount of dollars. And then they decide if that works within their budget or not. And so I'm curious what your, your view is on that. And I realized with what you just said, like, Hey, it's about priorities. So some people might say, well, I can put 30% of my revenue into marketing because I, you know, have a family member or my spouse or something covers our retirement or insurance or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. and then someone else might be in a different position. Yeah. And so how do how does a business owner kind of work through coming to that number? Should it be a set percentage or should it really be like a per project basis or per quarter? Or how do you, what advice do you give to people about that? I think it depends on who the business owner is. Are they a seasoned, established business owner with serious profits and cash? If, if we're talking about that person, then they could easily peg a number of like five to 15% of sales, you know, 20%, some number that they come up with. And then <laughs> they can just roll with that. If it's, if, if it's a business owner that is doing less and is literally like kind of living like paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, like they bring in money from doing business and then they need to use that to pay their team and to pay themselves. And we haven't even talked about setting money aside for taxes, which is a, yeah. <laughs> an equally important thing. So that person um, can still invest, but what they need to do is they need to put on their like what I call money floaties and go in the shallow end of the pool. And instead of coming up with a bigger number of, I don't know, five or 10,000 or whatever it is, maybe it's 500 and then they see how it goes based on looking at the data. And then from there, they can go bigger. It's all about the timing of the return. If the timing yeah. of the return is quick, then anyone can invest anything. Cause you know, it's just a matter of time until that money comes back quickly. Right. I also want to just point out one more thing where if a lot of business owners are not pulling money out of their business to diversify their assets and they're keeping it all in there because they are going to get a better rate of return. That's totally cool. As long as they can sell their business, if they mm. can't sell their business, let me let you, let's just take someone who's 40 and they keep doing this and the business is growing and growing and growing and they're reinvesting back in their business. 20 years have gone by. They've put no money away for their future. Now they're 60 and they can't sell their business. And mm. now what? Right. So if the business is saleable, that's great. And maybe it will be saleable based on profits and revenue that, that people will get from investing in marketing. I mean, it totally depends. I'm just throwing a lot of variables out, Adrian, so people can think about, hmm, where do I fit? Am I, yeah. you know... Am I established or am I newer? And I, do I need to keep you know, my wallet closer to the hip? Okay, so two things you said that stood out to me is that one, you talked about basically if you're established business, you're bigger business, you're, you're already at a level where you've scaled and you have, then it would be recommended to say, hey, there's a certain percentage of our revenue that we put aside for marketing. But if you're kind of a solopreneur or a smaller company, where you're not bringing in enough revenue, then you kind of start small, 
like you said, and test some things until you know what the return on investment is going to be. And then you can make those decisions later. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then one of the things that you just said that I also want to talk about was, you know, reinvesting money back into your own business to keep growing it. Like obviously everybody wants to grow their business. And so a lot of people are reinvesting that money, but it sounds like your recommendation is for people to take a percentage of that, or maybe some of it where they're investing it in something else that will allow that money to grow just in case their business isn't someday sellable. Is that, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever really heard anybody say much about that because most people are like, take all the money you have and reinvest it back into your business and keep reinvesting it and keep reinvesting it. And I would say that in the very beginning when people are starting, that 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 is what most people do as much as they can. But at what point does it make sense for you to kind of start diversifying? Yeah. I mean, like I'm not an expert in real estate. I don't even invest my clients money in real estate, but that's an easy example that people can understand. Yeah. You know, a business owner can take a certain amount of money out each year and go and buy a property. I'm not saying that someone should do that, but it's just the concept of diversifying your assets so that you don't have all of your eggs in one basket. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I like that. And I'm always, I always, uh, I'm trying to teach my kids this about using your money to make you money. And um, I'm a firm believer in taking that money and using it to either start other businesses or like you said, investing it in real estate or other things so that you don't have just one way that you're generating income. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that's really smart. So one of the things that you brought up that I think that we should bring up because when this um, episode airs, we will be kind of close to tax. We'll be in the throes of tax season. Um, and so, uh, taxes can be really scary and confusing for people. Um, I have a good friend, uh, who her and I, I swear we can't talk about taxes at all because she has this like super, super, super risk taker accountant. And I have a super, super, super conservative rule follower accountant. And so we constantly are arguing about what you can and can't do and what you should and shouldn't do. And, and I feel like, um, you know, we're relying on the experts that we're talking to because the truth is, is most business owners don't understand everything about taxes and business and what you can do and you can't do. Um, so maybe we could spend a couple minutes talking about that and, and whether there's some common mistakes people make or some common things people don't know. I'd love for you to just kind of let's take a few minutes and talk about that topic. Sure. Yeah. Um, So it's so weird that when I studied to become a CFP, I had no idea that like a quarter of the test was going to be on tax. I was like, oh my God, I learned (laughs) a lot about tax. And in doing a lot of the financial planning with my clients, I've come to see that. And like, I'm not trying to like be down on accountants, but they're more interested in what already happened. They're not as interested or focused on what's happening or what will happen. A planner is about what's happening now and what will happen. So I'm more into, well, what's going on right now and what do we want to have happen? So what I think people should do is every quarter, they should look at their profits in their business and know how much tax they owe on it and set that money aside. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. 
So all you do is you email your CPA, your P&L for three months, plus another two documents or a set of books called a balance sheet and a statement of cash flows. You just email them your books for a quarter and then you ask them, what do I owe in tax? And then you take that money and you put it in a separate business savings account, mm -hmm. personal, depending on what they say. And then you make a decision with your accountant, either send the money to the IRS or keep it in reserve until the money is due. Mm, yeah. And don't use that money for other stuff. It's got to stay there dedicated for taxes. Yeah. Yeah. I've done both in the past. So for a long time, I was like, pay my quarterly taxes, you know, when they're due. And then as my company grew more and more, I started to, rather than uh, send that money in, I would invest it in something that wasn't risky at all and that uh, I wouldn't be penalized really for taking it out and would kind of just invest that money all year long and then pay it at the end. Um, but I realized, you know, there's pros and cons to doing that. And is that something that you ever um, recommend for your clients? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. So, no, why so why not? So why not? Because if the investment goes down, they don't have the money for the taxes. Mm -hmm. um, now, obviously, if it's an expense in their business, it would be a drag on profits, which would then reduce their taxes. Um, but no, I, I, I think that people need to set the money aside and use it for taxes. And when I have my clients call their accountants, a lot of the accountants are not really interested in addressing that email right away because the, the, the CPA, what they're doing is they're working on tax returns from the prior year or something like that. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not like, like it's the beginning of the year. I'm already planning for Q1 estimated taxes. What should they be? It's seven days into the year. I've already right. thought about what my quarter is going to be and how much I need to set aside. Most mm -hmm. CPAs, they're dealing, they're doing last year's taxes. Yeah. I'm on this year's. So it's like, you have to, I'm giving everyone a framework of email the CPA and force them to tell you how much you have to set aside. And if yeah. they're like, Oh, we'll deal with that in like three months. No, you got to get an answer. And then here's another one. I like, I, I is a lot of the CPAs will say, don't worry about it. We'll run a year end salary on December 15th. And you, mm -hmm. can do that. you can run a salary at the end of the year and all of that money can go to withholding. And if it's a salary, you won't be charged penalties, especially if you're an S-Corp and you're totally good. But what if you don't have the money at the end of the year to run the salary? Then you're like screwed. Yeah. So you, I, just, I just want people, it's a, it's a simple concept. Part of the money that's in your account is not yours, it's the IRS's. Just set that money aside. Now, there are ways that you can be, as you would call your friend's accountant, aggressive, like totally. But I'm just saying, separate that money because we all do something called mental accounting. We have chunks of money for different things. Mm -hmm. so have a chunk of money for taxes. Awesome. Cool. And don't spend it. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, Let's talk about challenges for a minute, speaking of that, because when you're in business for any amount of time, um, you're going to face challenges. And I actually believe that the bigger challenges you can solve, the bigger business you can grow, because 
your problems don't go away when you start growing a big business. You'll just have different problems or things that appear differently. Um, and so I'd like to take some time to talk. Number one, I'd like to know if you would share with us a challenge perhaps that you've been through and how you handled it, what you learned from it. But then I'd also love um, after that for you to talk about um, maybe a, a ch if a, someone's having a challenge in their business finances right now, like what is something that they could do to get on the right path to solving that problem? Sure. Um, I'm going to give three quick challenges because they, they're, they're at my core of what like I've been through. Um, for me, I got divorced 10 years ago. And, you know, the decade ended, right? So you got to look back over the last 10 years. And my divorce was extremely painful. Very, very hard for me. Um, and what it taught me was that if I become more conscious, more present, and more intentional, I can create the life that I want to. And mm -hmm. when we're going through a personal challenge, it's very, very hard to show up in business and put on your happy face every day. But yeah. when you persevere and, and, and force yourself to do it, day in and day out, you'll learn a lot about yourself. And the second one for me is my father passed away about two years ago, and he was like the protective, like my ace in the hole, so to speak. Mm, so, yeah. You know, just, I always knew he was there. And now he's not. And now I feel like I'm completely on my own, even though I've always been on my own. It's really mm. weird. And I still struggle with the fact that he's not here. I still have grief. It's still hard for me to come in. It's even hard for me to talk about it. But I know that I have to go on and I know that he's with me, mm -hmm. but I know that, that I have to dig and believe in myself and keep going. So yeah. those are two challenges. And then my third is one, is one in business where I've hired two more people and it's hard hiring people and onboarding them and then managing mm -hmm. them. And mm -hmm. I'm all about delegating, believe me. But when you're trying to grow and you're hiring people, like I've made the decision not to go the VA route, but to have, hire actual employees that mm -hmm. report to me that are on payroll and all that. It's very hard for me to manage them, even though they do their own thing, because I'm a financial advisor and I'm registered with the SEC and there's a lot of compliance. I can't delegate every single thing to someone. I'm still on the hook for it. Yeah. I'm what's called this chief compliance officer. But this challenge that I'm dealing with right now is, is I actually hired someone to be a marketing manager for me. I didn't hire an agency. I brought someone in who's an employee who's going to help me grow to the next level. She just started. And it's, it's like, I don't, I feel completely out of sorts. Mm. And that's probably normal. And yeah. it's probably what I should be feeling being that because I now have um, one, two, three employees. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, three. I'm, I'm saying it's harder than three. What if someone <laughs> has like 30? Like yeah. I'm like a nothing saying it's hard with three, but like yeah. for me, it's hard. Yeah. So I'm dealing with just time management, communication, uh, making sure I'm doing my other things. And I know it'll be good, but it's challenging. Yeah. Well, I think that um, two of the things that you just talked about, number one, when you, a lot of people, when they go into business, they're experts in what they do. 
they're experts in that thing that they specialize in. But a lot of people may not have had experience with hiring or firing or training or all the other things that go into being a business owner. And, and so you're kind of learning those things along the way and, you know, figuring out a system that works for you. And the other thing that you mentioned about your personal life affecting business, you know, everybody tries to say like, oh, you know, leave your personal life at the door and this is just business a focus on business. But the truth is, is that we're human beings and yeah. it's really hard for most people to compartmentalize like that. And when you are going through something really hard in your personal life, whether it be the death of a loved one or a divorce or a sick child or your own sickness or anything like that, it is really hard to push through and show up in your business the way that you need to. But the important thing that you said, um, and this is a message that I'm trying to teach my children right now, is that we can do hard things, right? Like we, yeah. we can do hard things. And the truth is, is that the more hard things you do, you build that muscle, that grit muscle, right? For being yeah. able to do those things. And, mm -hmm. and not that they ever will be a breeze, but it does become easier to believe I can do hard things. And, sure. and, and the more we do those, the more we get to build that muscle. Um, and again, like I started with saying, you know, and you build that muscle and the more problems you can solve and things you can handle like that, the bigger your business can grow. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to commend you, Adrian. I read that Facebook post that you put up. Um, and I thought that was really genuine mm. and, um, real. Yeah. Yeah. And I really resonated with that. Thank you. Yeah. I always, um, I found that I started to go completely silent on social media if I didn't have something positive to say, mm -hmm. that I would just not post. And then I was scrolling through um, Facebook around New Year's, you know, like the whole week before New Year's and this and that, and everybody was so excited. Oh, and 2020 is going to be amazing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, blah, blah, blah. And like everybody was, and I was sitting there and I was feeling like, I don't feel like 2020 is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 2020 feels hard. It feels heavy. And I really contemplated posting something. Cause like I said, when I am struggling, I tend to just go silent on social media. Um, but I was like, look, I can't be the only person out there that's not like jumping for joy for the new year. <laughs> I actually, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'll tell you something offline. I, I might have someone good for you to talk to who would be a good guest for your show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's important. And, and that's why I like to do that on the show is to talk about struggles and um, because we all have them, you know, we, everybody has those hard things that they feel like they're alone and entrepreneurship can feel very alone. A lot of times our friends or our family members don't understand what we do. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's important for people to, to know that they're not alone. Totally. Yeah. So <laughs> When people are having a challenge in, like you said, whether it's how do I use my money to grow more money or how do I get myself out of this hole? I know that that is the thing that you specialize in. And so tell us more about what you do with business owners and who's like the, a great person for you to work with. Sure. Thank you. Um, so what I really do for business owners is, is, is two things they want to feel like they're getting ahead personally. So I help them automate their personal money and invest. Primarily it's, it's through mutual funds and retirement accounts and whatnot, but they can't do that 
unless they know how profitable their business is, how much money they can take out, what they have to set aside for taxes, what their living expenses are, how much they need to invest each year. So it's like, it's like we all can have maybe like two or three things in our head before we start to be like, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to figure this out. I've got to put this like on paper. I have to like map mm -hmm. this out. So I use a lot of software um, to come up with the right planning numbers to get a business owner to where they want to go. Um, but the other thing that I do, and it's, it's really weird. Like I do what's called financial life planning, which is taking someone's true life goals and then delivering it to them through financial advice. So mm -hmm. a lot of business owners, they don't really know what their life goal is. They have this passion in their business. So I help them identify that and then get really, really clear on what it is and what they want and then put a number on that. And then we go like, like real deep in their business uh, with their numbers and create systems and frameworks and plans. And we do it in bite-sized chunks. Like, you know, like anyone dealing with numbers and money can probably focus for 30 or 45 minutes. And then they're like, okay, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, their eyes gloss Unless over. Adrian doing Facebook number ads all day long, right? But so I get that. So it's like, you know what? We're going to have a little wine for about a half an hour. Then we're going to chill. Then we're going to have some coffee and we're going to work on this. And we just chip away at it. And what I really try to get my clients to feel is that they're making progress and they have mm -hmm. momentum. Yeah. It's such a big thing for a business owner and for anyone to feel like they have progress and momentum. When they have that, they start to feel more confident and better about themselves. Yeah, I love, love, love what you said about the life goals because I think, I, I'm a true believer that if you don't know what you're working towards, then you're, you're not moving. Like you're just spinning mm -hmm. and sitting still. And, and I think that it's so many people need what you just talked about and they want what you just talked about where it's like this is my life goal and they have a plan for how they're going to get there because like you said it builds confidence it helps them know that like this is possible it helps them to dream more but be more purposeful and so I love that you do that that is really cool thank you yeah it's fun so if people want to learn more and they want to get in touch with you and um, need to learn how to grow their money, so how do people get in touch with you or, or where would you like people to go to find out more information? Yeah, so I've got a free report that highlights these three things that millionaires do to take more control of their money. And the URL for that is just two words, intention money, intentionmoney.com. So they can go there and uh, grab this report. And also if someone just wants to reach out to me, they can find me on all the social media channels and reach out. Like I'm very accessible and um, I'm here really to make people feel like they can get ahead in their financial life. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Justin. For those of you who want Justin's help and want to help reach your life goals, definitely reach out to him. Go to intentionmoney.com, get those three steps that the millionaires are using to grow their money and understand it better. And Justin, just thank you so much for being here and sharing everything with us today. I know that our listeners are going to love it. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Justin. 
Thanks for listening to Power Players in Business and Life. Be sure to click subscribe. To learn more about Adrian, visit www.wearepowerplay.com. We'll see you next time.